Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on TheBigScreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown, he's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Doc Blitz. We're back again, and once again, it's... Hoof and Dave, no Rick and Nick once more here today as we kick off our third edition of Rick and Nick Talk Flicks, which is run through Paul Bunyan Broadcasting. We're very glad to have you here as we talk movies here on this podcast. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks, and Rick and Nick, no appearances to be made today. No. Nope. Just texting in about their third apology. We're sorry, guys. We have a big baby blowout over here at the house. Yes, yeah, seriously. It, it sounds like it is the baby apocalypse over there is what's going on. <laughs> hey, new father. I can appreciate it. I've had to get the morning started in the bathtub unexpectedly and have to clean him up. And, oh, it's, it's going to be a mess. So. And it's like a full house kind of deal because both Rick and Nick are trying to resolve this. Nick called in his buddy Rick, said, hey, I really need you to get over here and help me out on this. They're not just movie guys. They, they know what they got to do as far as parenting as well. So uh, the, the two buddies have teamed up uh, for a buddy cop movie on which one resolving would, a baby issue. Which one would be the Uncle Jesse and the Danny Tanner? Of well, I, I think in this case, Nick is is Danny Tanner and Rick is Uncle Jesse getting, getting called in to help save the day. Uh, who's Joey in this scenario making all the bullwinkle noises? I don't know. But, is it more like three men and a baby? Uh, two men, a baby, and a podcast that never gets recorded by them. I think I think you've got it right there. Yep. Well, we're talking movies. We're talking about which is I would say maybe the best part of movies, the experience. That's the right. Movie going experience. We really appreciate the movie going experience. I'm sure many other people do as well. Um, getting a chance to to go to the to the movies and get to be. Um, a part of that and, and just the experience that comes with that. So I want to kick this off with a question for you, Dave. What was the most recent movie that you went to go see? In the theaters. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, I think, Rogue One. Uh, I, there may have been one since, but I'm not having a recollection of it. It must not have been a very good movie. But okay. I think it was must Rogue One. Have. Okay. See, the reason I ask is because... My last movie-going experience that I had in person was kind of a unique one that I did. I I had found an older-style theater, and I wanted to go to it yeah. to go see La La Land. I thought that it would be very suitable, so I, I grabbed my, my, my gray blazer. I got a little dressed up. I got grabbed my gray derby hat, and <laughs> my actually my gray newsy hat, and I went down to this, this great old theater with a marquee, two-screen theater, um, really classic setup. They had, uh, you know, they had you the uh, where? the concession stand out front. It was down in Wadena, okay. is, is where it was. So it was a bit of a trip, but it was well worth it getting to go down there for it. And it was great to watch a movie that that sort of harkened back to movies of old from the fifties and sixties, and to do so in a classic movie theater setting with you know grabbing a little popcorn you know grabbing a slushy for myself as well and just getting to enjoy the experience and going downtown for it and and all that came with that it was it was really really nice to have a, an experiential kind of trip like that for a movie which was quite good and which harkened back to the days of old a little bit and I, I feel like 
setting up um, a question like that with an answer like that would be a good way to kick off this particular episode because that was very much a movie experience. And why is it that we as as avid moviegoers enjoy experiences like that? And then consequently, why are fewer and fewer people taking the time to have those experiences today as on-demand moviegoing is starting to become more and more prominent, especially within your house. Well, not even just on demand, but you get things like, uh, I'll give you another example. Um, movies are nowadays almost consumed rather than enjoyed. Agreed. You know, is a cup of coffee something that you just need to get in you, or is it something that you enjoy to start your morning? Maybe a little caffeine kick is an added benefit. Um, you get a lot of folks that are going to be sitting there watching a movie for the very first time on a device, like an iPhone or a pad or something, at an airport, and they know they're going to be interrupted 15 times through the course of this movie. Are you really enjoying the movie, or are you using this to kill time? You're not really necessarily enjoying it as much as you're consuming it. Right. You know, a flip side for what you were saying about the movie theater you'd gone to, some people go to the high-end, state-of-the-art, surround sound, DTS, uh, THX, IMAX, all of this stuff to really soak it in. But other times, it's kind of neat to go the other route. Uh, before they redid it, right around 2000, the Black Duck Theater, it was, it was a, I wouldn't want to say run down, it was very cozy and quaint. It since has been updated, but you could still hear the, da -da 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 -da, the projector behind you clicking. Wow. It was a wood stove that heated the building, you know, so it was kind of filled with a little bit of smoke, so you could see the beam cutting overhead, and every so often in the middle of the movie, some guy would come in with an armload of wood to feed the fireplace, you know. It was very rustic. It's not the place you'd want to go see, you know, an IMAX movie. It's not the place to see Star Wars and soak it in. Right. But to go see a Steve Martin comedy or something, absolutely. And then on a on another note, you've got something like a, a drive-in movie that is oh. is terrific to go to as well. It has been ages since I've been to a drive-in movie, which is kind of disappointing on my part because there was one not too far away from the college that I attended in Pennsylvania, and I had wanted to go there for many years. I don't. I don't know if I had a radio that I, I didn't know if I needed to get a portable radio or, or if I could tune it in right there in the car. But something like that, you know, having an experience like that as well is another kind of movie going experience where you can hop in the flatbed of a pickup and be able to to watch if you've got a radio with you that you can tune in the sound for the movie for. And, you know, just movie experiences like that can can be another kind of of opportunity as well, getting to be outdoors, watching on a big screen there. You know, movie movies used to be a bit of an experience that way. Now, like you said, it's become more about ready-made, just being able to consume the movies you're watching rather than really getting to enjoy them. And there's there are more and more think pieces that are being written today about this very topic, and, and it's become a bit more prominent and a bit more noticeable for people, even filmmakers themselves, which we'll get into here in a moment. You know, I'll give you a parallel, like flying on the airlines. Back in the day, oh, was it an affair? I mean, they had first-class meals, and there was actually tables and linen cloth, and people, everyone, dressed up. Now, you get on an airplane, you're lucky if the guy next to you is wearing pants, you know, it's it, let alone being dragged off the plane, but it's uh, you know it's it's a very, very much a parallel to what's going on with movies in a lot of ways, where you've got the you know movies that are coming out now, um, they're getting the big release for about two weeks and then they disappear, and so there's the debate now: should we have movies get released directly to VOD, video on demand, right? Uh, Netflix and that kind of thing, the Red Box, so on and so forth, and just go to direct home video rather than skip the theater experience. 
I got to say, while I think that might not be a bad idea for some, boy, you'd really lose out if you missed it with all of that. Here's my question then, Dave. Uh, Quentin Tarantino said this. Uh, he said he called television in public is what movies are today, as, as he dubbed it, according to a, a very, very interesting Wall Street Journal article that Christopher Nolan, the director himself, wrote a couple of years ago um, regarding uh, films of the future and attending them. Um, would you say that that's a pretty accurate comment from Quentin Tarantino, that today's movies are becoming television in public and it's about trying and, and then Christopher Nolan goes on to write about this. It's about trying to be innovative to make this an experience again. Would you say that's pretty accurate, both of those? I'm going to go more toward the Nolan end of things. I think that uh, a lot of things, and I don't want to get too broad here, but just to give you an idea, I think a lot of things are having to adjust in the last 20 years with the creation of all things digital, the internet and the World Wide Web. Um, a lot of things are trying to find their footing. Newspapers are trying to find their footing in this new world when things are so accessible everywhere. I think movies are no different. Um, I think the cost can be part of something that'll keep people away. And there's plenty of movies that'll come out that are good. And I'm like, well, I'll wait till video. I don't want to see it so much to warrant the $12 price tag if mm-hmm. I'm going to go at night or whatever it is. Plus the popcorn is an easy 20 bucks. Here on a, a counterpoint though, to the, to the price issue, I agree. Prices to go to movies, that makes it tough these days. You have to be selective. But is that a good thing then that it's appointment viewing that you want to go and see a particular movie? Or is that killing the opportunity for more independent films or or films that are a little bit more of of a, I don't know, not not necessarily a mainstream type of interest, especially, you know, we, we talked about all the sequels that are coming out this summer in our in our last pod with with regard to that going to see movies needs to be about going to see those sometimes with appointment viewing does that cut out the the opportunity for some of those less mainstream ones or is it good that setting appointment viewing is there because then it makes it a marquee kind of event I think it already has. Uh, there's a lot of directors that are coming up, like Ryan Johnson, for example, who's now tied in with Star Wars. But he came up with some very smaller movies, much smaller movies, that a lot of people didn't see. Um, there's one movie that came out called Safety Not Guaranteed. It's kind of a time travel movie, kind of. Right. Um, I don't want to get too much into the movie, but it was very quirky, very unique, but it got fantastic reviews, and nobody saw it. So the three people that went to see it loved it. You know, well, how come nobody saw this movie that was so praised and was so well-received and the, the director's now going on to bigger and better things? Because these movies just don't come out because by appointment viewing, how many people are going to go see, say, Guardians of the Galaxy versus this weird, quirky time travel movie about right. a back page ad? So a lot of movies like that that were very quirky that used to come out all the time, you just don't see them too much anymore. They're, they're very, very rare to catch them. I think what it comes down to is dollar signs. Uh, I think if you're going to be like a Disney, for example, that makes a killing on Star Wars, all right, you make you know bajillions of dollars off of their movies for the year. Take a chunk of that, put it into smaller movies that maybe people won't go see, but you don't necessarily release them to make a profit, which I know to a business is like, what? Why would we do that? Maybe it's more about the story and the experience mm-hmm. rather than making a profit. Right. I want to go back to that Christopher Nolan article for a moment. I There were some great lines in this, and I, I, I want to read from this of what he said. I've read it, too. It's a very good article. Yeah, some of the – he said, Developments are going to require innovation, experimentation, and expense, not cost-cutting exercises that are disguised as digital upgrades 
or gimmickry aimed at justifying variable ticket pricing. The theatrical window is to the movie business what live concerts are to the music business. And no one goes to a concert to be played an MP3 on a bare stage. That's a really neat point. Yeah. He goes on to say then, the theaters of the future will be bigger and more beautiful than ever before. They will employ expensive presentation formats that cannot be accessed or reproduced in the home, such as, ironically, film prints. And he has doubled down on that as well here, even within the past year of discussing the the need to do more film showings. And with Dunkirk that's coming out this summer, he'll be showing that in 65mm yeah. across many different theaters in IMAX as well. And the best movie-going experience that I ever had, which I, I mentioned on our first episode, was when I went to see Interstellar in IMAX and on 70mm. It was, it was the most incredible film experience I have ever had to be so immersed in a movie like that. Here He goes on to say then, and they will still enjoy exclusivity as studios relearn the tremendous economic value of the staggered release of their products. The projects that most obviously lend themselves to such distinctions are spectacles. But if history is any guide, all genres, all budgets will follow because the cinema of the future will depend not just on grander presentation, but on the emergence of filmmakers innovative enough to command the focused attention of a crowd for hours. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I'll give you another good example about what you're talking about. I think James Cameron walks this line very well, too. Um, it's interesting that he's going to re-release Terminator 2 in 3D uh, this year at some time. I think really? This yeah. Okay. So it's going under a pulsed 3D conversion. But he did Avatar back in 2010, and that was 3D in a lot of theaters when it came out. And that is an example of 3D done correctly. It was not done as a gimmick. It was not like, say, Piranha in 3D, where this severed limb will float right. 3D with... kind of started out like that when it became more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, it was it was more of a gimmicky thing that this you know this thing that you don't want to touch you is going to get really close to your face. But Avatar brings you into the theater, and that's kind of what the idea is anyway to bring you into the story. 3D, when done in the way that Avatar was, really brings it to you. I mean, as you're going through this lush jungle and these leaves are brushing by, you almost see people in the theater seats starting to duck because they feel like they're going to get, they're really brought into it. Right. And I have felt included in movies but not quite the way that I was with Avatar. It was not made as a gimmick. It was made to envelop you in the movie itself, almost literally. You would then become a part of the world yeah. of Pandora that way. Yeah, it was It was very unique. If like you that. feel into it, you feel invested into it. Yeah. If you're physically there, you're invested in what's going on around you, and I was drawn in. And say what you want about the movie. I personally thought it was a fantastic movie. You know, another movie that that's kind of along the same lines, and... I'm not. I'm a little bit iffy on how well it was done plot-wise and as far as how it was structured. But, and I don't think I would watch this within within my house because you had to watch it in the theater, in IMAX, to get the full experience of what this was like. And that was Gravity. Gravity was much yeah. like that with the way that they filmed it, and with the sounds and the way that the sounds worked. It was a movie made to be watched in a theater. The way the sounds, use it, making use of surround sound, it just surrounded you. The sounds that were being experienced there in space, the first-person point of view when you would be within Sandra Bullock's character from time to time, just to, that first-person point of view while spinning around in space. It was very much a movie experience that had to be done at the theater or you wouldn't really get a full appreciation of it. That's what I took away from it. I mean, plot and other things aside, I took away that... You see this in the theater, you're going to be like, wow, that was that was quite an experience. Just just being immersed in the film 
in that way. I feel like I am out there struggling to stay alive in space. Think of movies as meat. Do you want the McMeat? Or do you want to go get to the sirloin juicy wrapped in bacon that, you know, the cow has been personally selected by the chef and, I mean, grilled with care? That's the difference between just consuming a movie and enjoying a movie. It's yeah. it's having a, a box of red wine or a fine bottle that's been down in the cellar for a while. There is a difference. If you don't understand it, that's okay. And this isn't maybe for everybody. Not everybody's flavor is wine. Not everyone's uh, food is a fine sirloin steak. Not everybody's movie-going preference is a fine, well-engrossed movie where they're going to appreciate it. Art is to the eye of the beholder. Yep. Now, much like what Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino said, among others, it is up to filmmakers, it's up to studios to give us a a good movie-going experience, something that is going to be interesting and compelling to watch on the screen. I think on another plane, it is up to us as moviegoers to sort of slow our lives down to an extent, to, to sort of find a way to cut off the the binge kind of the binge watching kind of notion that we all allow ourselves to get into with the way that we consume movies and take a step back and say, I need to be willing to have this movie experience a little bit and to em- embrace what going to the movies is all about you know even if there are positives or negatives that come with attending a movie you know there 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 are upsides and downsides to it i mean you and i have talked about this before you know you get you get those chatterboxes who come to movies and they they just want to talk or they want to whisper to their friend that's around them you get those people who you can tell they're on their cell phone during the movie even though they're not supposed to be they are they're tapping away on their cell phone or they they don't silence it or they they forget to you get Maybe a sticky floor. Maybe there's a, a little bit of food that's on the ground, depending on where you go. But but you get this this experience and this opportunity to go. And and you and I, we really enjoy doing that. And why is it that you enjoy doing it so much? It's like I said, it's enveloping. It's a bonding experience. Um, I remember one time I went to see. It was the first Pirates of the Caribbean. And there was a gal that was, it was a packed house. So, I mean, you're sitting right next to strangers. And there was this gal next to me. I couldn't, I didn't know who the heck she was. But she was enjoying the heck out of the movie so much. It actually, I don't even know who she was. I never talked to her after the movie, but it was almost bonding. I mean, that was, what, 10 years ago, and I'm still talking about it. Yeah. She enjoyed it so much, it actually helped me enjoy it even more than I was already. Yep. It just, it's, you're in it together. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to, yeah. to be emotionally invested, or even for people to cry. I mean, those are, are okay things. You know, to respond that way to a movie is is good. Another thing that, that's kind of lost, applauding. At the end of movies. Yeah. That, that used to be a lot more frequent. I, I never see that happen anymore. It was very rare. I'll tell you, I'll give you a different experience here. Uh, talk about the theater-going experience. About 20 years ago, uh, I went to New York City. Uh, and this was for a school thing. So we're on this bus for two days, driving all the way to New York City. Well, we get there. Uh, half the crew went to see a show on Broadway, Les Miserables, which I had seen at the Guthrie Theater Say what you want about Les Mis, I didn't think it was that great. So here's where it gets the movie experience. I just didn't want to go. I'd been to New York before, but I was just so dead tired. I just I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to hang out in the hotel room. I was like, I want to see a movie or something. I just want to relax. Going to see a movie in New York City versus anywhere else is, whoa. What about L.A.? I've never seen a movie theater in L.A., but let me tell you the story. 
The movie is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what it was. But when you go see a movie in in New York City, there's one building, one screen, one movie. That's it. You want to yeah. see a different movie? You're going to a whole other building. Because we're talking about thousands of people that can fit into this one auditorium. Wow. I'm not even kidding. The screen size is the size of, you know, four houses stacked. I mean, it's huge. The guy's nostril is the size of a manhole cover, and that's the long <laughs> shot with 20 people in the shot. So we're in the movie halfway through, and somebody's got a baby that starts crying. Well, somebody jumps up in that thick New York accent, take the kid out. There was almost a rumble. Half the theater, thousands of people now. Half of them are chilling, fight, fight. The others are, shut up, I want to see. Here come the ushers. What's an usher in a movie theater, you ask? Oh, my God. New York City has ushers. They came down like a SWAT team. Half the theater got kicked out. Now, say what you want about being able to enjoy the movie on the screen or the experience of going. You know, I, something I won't ever forget. Yeah. It is a shared experience. I was reading another article along those lines, actually from the New York Times, a little bit about what it's like going to a midnight premiere oh, yeah. of a movie. You talk about going for an experience and going and being a part of it with a group of people you are in a shared experience when you go to a midnight showing because if you're going, you're going with people who are very passionate about that movie. Take, for instance, a couple of years ago, myself and, and several of my roommates and good friends from college, we went to go see the midnight premiere of Skyfall oh, when yeah. it came out. We were very excited about Skyfall. So what do we do? We dress to the nines. We dress ourselves up in our suits. We get bow ties. Uh, the girls who the girls who went, they were all dressed up as well. Yeah, we we were we were ready to go. Oh yeah, we fully embraced the James Bond experience when we went to go see that movie, and we loved it. And that's we, awesome. We loved it. I mean, we were. Uh, my my good friend who is a car guy was enraged when they blew up the DB5 in that movie. I mean, we've just we embraced the full movie going experience that way. Same when when a group of us went to go see Interstellar at midnight. I mean, that was a midnight showing when we saw it in 70 millimeter in IMAX. Um, if you go to any of these comic book movies at midnight, you will you will see people who are dressed up as the character going to be a part of that movie the laughs are raucous when you're going and especially if it's a bit of a humorous movie i mean i remember seeing the avengers in theaters people were laughing hysterically during the movie just just getting so caught up in in the the enjoyment of it and i mean that's another one where yeah it's midnight yeah i'm gonna be here for for several hours and i'm gonna get back super early in in the morning and i might have to get up for a class the next day or something but this is an experience, and this is an opportunity to be a part of it with a, a shared group of people who, if it's midnight, they want to be there. They really want to be there. Well, here's the difference, and there's no, there's no right or wrong to this now. You get people go to movie theater, and they'll look at the what's playing like they'd go to McDonald's. I don't know. What do you want to see? You know, right. they're, they're not invested. They're just gonna they're gonna go waste a little time, maybe have a little fun, but they really don't care about what they're gonna go see. Then there are those that they'll, this is what I'm going to see. I will buy my tickets for Star Wars three days before the movie actually opens to make sure I'm in at the whatever show I want to go to. You know, is that how you are as a moviegoer? Oh yeah, I'm a movie guy. My wife is too, so we get huge in the movies. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is like that, and I get it. And that's okay. Uh, some people love basketball. I couldn't care. I love movies. Other people couldn't care. But here's the difference: you go to the movie theater. Eh, I don't know. Then you get to the movie theater if you really want to be there. Yeah. Midnight show, 
everybody that's there wants to see that movie. So you don't get talking kids. You don't get people on cell phones. Anything that's going on there is part of the experience. If the lightsaber is waving in front of the screen, it kind of adds to the experience in yep. a way. So it's it really depends on what you want to do. And that uh, you brought it up earlier. You got to slow your life down to do it. You have to make part. You have to make time and space for what's important and money and yep. money too. And sometimes you have to big and choose. And right now, as a new parent. I don't get to go see every movie I want to go see. Sometimes I got to wait till it's on video. But yep. if I really want to see it, like the Alien Covenant coming out, I really want to see it. I will see it. I'm not bringing the kid, but I'll be there. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm picking my battles, and I'm that's one I want to go for sure. I think it's also worth adding that if you have the flexibility, and not just the flexibility, but also the interest, I think it can be worthwhile to give certain movies a shot you know even if it is maybe a bit of a non-mainstream type of movie if it looks compelling if it looks a little bit interesting even if you're not totally sure about going to see it in a theater give it a chance give it a chance because you you might look back and say i'm really glad i got to see that in theaters i mean we're we are getting like i like we talked about last week on the pod or two weeks ago on the pod, we were getting so caught up with these these sequel movies, these these franchise movies. Well, the reason is because they are getting the box office numbers. Yeah. We, it, I think it is worth investing a little bit. If you have the interest, if you look at, at a trailer for something and say, that looks kind of good, maybe I'll give that a try. Give it a try if it's one of those non-mainstream movies or a more independent kind of venture. Give it a whirl. See how it looks, you know, be, be willing to take that chance, you know, maybe set aside your money that maybe you would normally use for like going out to eat or something and say, you know what, I'll put it into a movie experience. Maybe I'll take a friend with me or even go by yourself. You know, I go to movies on my own quite often these days because I I live on my own and it is neat to go to sit down to kind of find a, my own space within the within the theater maybe I'll have some other people around just just kind of feeding off their emotions or or maybe they'll do likewise and just to kind of take some time put my phone away for a little bit just spend some time in thought getting immersed in the movie itself that that's what's great is that you can block everything else out if you're at home you might have a a project you're working on or you might have people you're texting and you're not caught up in the movie as much I've seen that I have to rewind sometimes I'm like I want to go back to that part and and go through that again when you're at the theater, you can get fully caught up in the movie and you can pay attention and you can focus. And even afterward, then I'm still processing when I go to the car. I like that feeling of processing. Not just that, it's great to get the popcorn. It's great to get one of the box candy items to get those kinds of things and to enjoy the the experience of being there. You know, every so often a movie will come out that in some way, shape, or form will resonate. Maybe it's not a big, big knowledge of the movie that everyone knows about, but it's one that when it comes out, you're like, wow, like Pulp Fiction, before Quentin Tarantino was really much of a name, what's this about? Who? I don't know. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't look like my thing. But then you start hearing all these people saying, wow, it's not even so much the story as much as it is the dialogue. Well, what does that mean? If people are really talking about something, maybe it's worth checking out. My dad went and saw Pulp Fiction, hated it. But he loved some of the, you know, some of the conversations were interesting. It was interesting, but I didn't really like it. That's okay. Sometimes just getting into it is interesting. I saw Memento, speaking of Nolan, in theaters for the first time. And as soon as it was over, if you know Memento, or Memento, 
It sold backwards, literally. Oh, yeah. As soon as the movie was over, I went right back to the box office, bought a ticket for the next showing. Knowing what was going to happen, I needed to see it again just to yep. kind of get it figured out. And went right back into the theater, and the lady at the desk said, you know, you're not the first person to do that. So, yeah, it depends on what you're thinking. If you if you if if something comes out that really seems to resonate, take a chance. You yeah. might like it. You might not. But I'll bet you you will be happy that you took the chance. On the flip side, have you ever had movies, Dave? I can think of a couple for myself, but have you ever had movies that you saw it and you said, I wish I had gotten to go see this in theaters because I think going to see this – in theaters would have really been yeah. special. Yeah, uh, it actually was on TV just the other day, Dances with Wolves. Uh, you know, you got the wide expanse of prairies of the of the untamed wilderness and the buffalo are roaming, you know. That doesn't really transfer on an iPad screen. It doesn't really transfer on a, an, an HD screen in no. my house. You almost need that on IMAX, and that came out in the late 80s. Um, I didn't see it in theaters. I've seen it since, and I really, really like it, but it doesn't have the same impact as it would as if you almost need your peripheral vision to see these wide planes like you would in real life. Yep. I can think of a couple. First one is Inception. I yeah. was so disappointed that I didn't get to see that in theaters. I was I was away for part of that summer. Oh, you enjoyed it I in did. theaters? Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's an incredible movie visually. Uh, with movies that are, I, I feel like this is going to be a theme because with the other one that comes to mind, and I am so bitterly disappointed because I had a chance to go see it during its 50th anniversary while I was in college. Begged my roommate to go take me because he had a car and I didn't at the time didn't take me to go and I was so disappointed but Lawrence of Arabia oh, was yeah. was in theaters for one night um it was it was playing like through the TCM through what TCM does with occasionally they bring back these movies on their anniversary and they'll they'll play them in theaters and I was so heartbroken not to go get to see it on the big screen because that is a majestic movie that that needs to be seen on the big screen with the visual landscapes and the sweeping images. I mean, it's like like Nolan said in in his article. You know, it's it is very much those um, the epics. It is it is the uh, the spectacles. Those kinds of movies that really you've got to see them on the big screen to really get the full appreciation of that particular kind of movie. And then that just adds into the movie-going experience that you get while you're there. I heard somebody bring up once, and it doesn't happen much in Bemidji because it doesn't happen much in Bemidji or this neck of the woods, when a movie that's been out for maybe 30 years comes back onto the big screen, uh, whether they re-release it wide or something like the Chief Theater will show a double feature. On on Halloween, they showed the original Exorcist and The Omen. They showed uh, Indiana Jones and something else. Those are awesome. You think, well, why? You know what's going to happen. Doesn't matter. Have you ever rewatched a show or rewatched a movie? You know it happens. Yes. But you enjoy the experience, right? Which is why you rewatch it. So to see it on the big screen, and every time they've done it, I've not been able to go because you never know about it until almost the day or two before it happens. I'm like, oh, I got something going on. I can't go. But I would certainly go. And I think a fun one, if they were going to do a revival, would be movies you need to see on the big screen this weekend at the such and such. And they'll show Dances with Wolves. They'll show Inception. They'll show Lawrence of Arabia. Movies that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't. Yeah, doing a series of movies like that. Yeah, based around some kind of theme. I I would love seeing theaters or local playhouses like the Chief Theater doing that. I mean, we, we've we got some great old movies in this area, you know, down in par- uh, movie theaters. You know, Park Rapids has one that's that's like that, a, a little bit more of a classic style with the marquee out in the front. It, it's cool to go up to, it's cool to, to come to the theater when, it, when it's like that, you know. 
Theaters are improving in their presentation quality. The theater that I that I went to primarily back home in in Pennsylvania, they they're getting lounge seats now to come in and wow. go watch. Yeah, super super nice comfort level. You know, they are they are trying they are elevating like like what Christopher Nolan talked about. They are they are elevating as far as you're coming to be a part of an event when you come to watch this. I mean, that's where the money portion comes in and that's that's what makes it tougher, but you are, you are going to be a part of an event when you come to watch this. Or if you're like me and you also like finding a classic theater, there's that element to it as well. I remember there was a theater back in another theater back in uh, PA that I would go to. It was this this one that was kind of wedged into this small town and you'd come in. They um they actually sold yeah, they they actually sold some different items at their concession and they had it was a two-screen experience that they had. You could pick one or the other and you go in They've got jazz and, and Sinatra and, and just this, this classic music playing, and then they, they roll right into the, th- into the film as well. So things like that. But I like the film element, too, that bringing back the film element I think would be really, really great. Maybe it's not as pivotal as Nolan thinks as far as getting people back, but if you want to make it an experience, that's a pretty nice place to start. All right, here's my assignment for the week or whoever wants to take this on. The next time you go down to St. Louis area, I don't mean St. Louis Park, I mean St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, this is what Assignment my, for the week. <laughs> this is my the ultimate movie-going experience I've ever had, ever. And it was just the old theme. Now, they have a place down there called the Fox Theater. There was a Fox Theater in a lot of old towns. Detroit's got one. But St. Louis, they renovated theirs maybe about 20, 30 years ago. And really put a lot of work into it. And when I say the theater, I mean like this has got the balconies, it's got the art really? deco, it's got everything. Wow. It had a giant pipe organ that was built into this thing. They rebrought everything back. So they started showing movies exactly the way they used to show them then. This, I'm sure they show current movies too, but on this particular night, it was like a retro night. The movie was, uh, I think it was a Fred Astaire movie called um, You Can't Take It With You, if I remember right. It's an old dance movie. Um, but they did it the way they used to do it. As you come into the theater, there's a guy playing the pipe organ, and he's doing his thing, and people are going. And then they would have uh, a sh- they'd show a serial. It was a Flash Gordon episode, actually. Um, then they would show newsreels from whatever year the movie had come out. Sorry, I'm fighting off a cold here again. Um, they'd show off the serial, then they would do the newsreel, then they'd have a cartoon, and then the main feature. And that's the way it used to be every movie. There used to be intermission as well. Yeah. I mean, that's just what kind of an experience it was. They'd have they'd have the orchestra playing in front. I mean, I know that at some premieres, they still do that, where they've got the orchestra. And I love, even when I watch classic movies, I love the intermission because I think, what must that have been like? It was like going to a play that's on the screen. I mean, that's that's so fascinating. Yeah, and right across the river from the Fox Theater, that's where uh, East St. Louis is, a little bit of a rundown area. It's where they shot uh, Escape from New York. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's how it burned out it used to be in the early 80s. It's, it's has made a bit of a comeback. but So okay. you can go to the movies, and then you can go across the river, and you're kind of in a movie set. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, I'm sure you liked that element of it, too, just going... I feel like I've stepped into the movie now, or yeah. into a movie now, at, yeah, at it, least. It was maybe 10 years after they'd shot the movie when yeah. I went to the Fox Theater, and it was, oh, this, oh, not yep. that you recognize a lot, but, you know, it was still pretty neat. Yeah, you know, I like that you bring up the, the nostalgia of that again, Dave, because I movies used to be such an experience kind of attending, much like going to a play or going to an orchestra performance. It used to be an experience kind of attending that that you would have you would you would go to to be 
immersed in that experience. Now it feels like it's just one one piece in a chain of a day kind of thing if if you decide that you want to go. It's not about it's not about just going to to really be caught up in it anymore. I, I was so glad when my brothers and I started going to movies more frequently. Once we got a car, um, once one of us got a car, it, it was me since I was the oldest. I mean, we started going a little bit more frequently, a little bit more fre- frequently. My sister would come along as well if she was interested in the movie. But my brothers and I would go. We'd bring some good friends of ours from soccer. They would go. Sometimes our cousin would come along. And it was great just on the drive over, you know, talking about the movie on the drive back, talking about the movie, you know, um, getting some food beforehand or after and and then just being immersed in the movie when you would get there and, and be a part of it. There's just something about being there that's that's really, really special and, and getting to take it in and to experience it and making it and that kind of experience. And I, I would encourage our listeners, you know. Next time you you consider going to a movie or wanting to take one in, think about making it an experience. You know, being intentional about making it an experience kind of attending, like you're going to a play or like you're going to a performance because this is very much still a performance. You're not just going to consume another movie. You know, this is this is another opportunity to get to go and take something in and it's to be enjoyed, you know, um, cer- certainly. And and even even if it costs a little bit, you know, although there's $5 movies here in Bemidji on yeah, Tuesdays, Tuesday which, is, which is fantastic. Um, but with the cost that comes with it, it's tough. But I, I once heard um, somebody say this, and I, this has been a great motto for me about whether it's going to a concert or going on some kind of trip or some kind of experience where I know it might take some, some money. If it is an experience, I think it is, it is far more worthwhile to spend money on taking in an experience rather than maybe buying a product because if it's an experience you're making a memory there and the memories that I have with my brothers and my sister and and my friends going to see movies I I wouldn't trade those for the world even if we had to spend a bit of money to go to the theater to do that we got to experience a great movie and we got to do it together and and it was it was very much an event kind of attending and that makes it worth the cost. You know, and we're just to make sure that we're clear with everybody listening, there's no right or wrong way to go. If if you want to sit down and have a beer, have a beer. But everyone does their beer a little differently. Some yeah. people they really like to take a sip and try to pull out the particular ingredients. Other people just they just want a beer. They want a beer while they're shooting pool or doing watching the game or whatever and the taste it's beer, you know. Movies are kind of the same way. It's an investment really. You can spend time with your kid and spend quality time with your kid. They're not always the same thing. You can go to a movie and just kill two hours, which is fine. I've been known to do it myself, too. Um, But then there's times where it's to be really examined, to be nuanced. I've gone to movies with friends, and then we'll go to dinner after the movie, and we'll talk about the movie we just saw. You know, it's that's something about that. So it's really what you want to make out of it. If you want to make it a true investment in your time and get something out of it, that's up to you. And there's no right or wrong way. If you want to kill two hours, hour and a half, there's nothing wrong with going to see a dumb comedy either because I love them too. I'd love to see your idea of bringing back some old films be possible around this area somewhere where people bring back old films and play them on occasion and you can come see them on the screen. I would love seeing that I would come lo- about. I would love to see uh, – and, and I know that the Chief Theater does this every so often. Yeah. But I won't find out about it until the, maybe the day before and usually on Facebook. 
uh, social media somewhere. Someone will say they're going. I was like, oh, that's the, oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. You know, I would love to go. I've not been able to go. I would love to have them do maybe once a month uh, or anywhere, do once a month, and it's a set night. If Tuesday nights tend to be slower nights to do, traditionally, that's the night to do it. Because yeah. what, what are people not going to see otherwise, you know? Um, even if the Bemidji Theater did something like this. We're oh, I'd love it. Every yeah. Tuesday night, double feature. It'll start at 6. We're going to do this. There'll be 15 minutes between movies, and then we're going to do another one. And there's a theme. Whether it's we're going to do World War II, or maybe the first one is you know a comedy from the 50s of World War II. Noir from the 40s. Something, something like that. Yeah. You know, Casablanca would work. That's technically kind of a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. Followed up by Saving Private Ryan or something. You know, yeah. So it's, it's the same coin, but different sides, definitely. Uh, a comedy featuring an actor, uh, adventure noir, Indiana Jones, and then maybe the Maltese Falcon, which Indiana Jones is largely based on in a way. Uh, things like that, if you're interesting, would be kind of fun to kind of tie them together and get people into the experience. Because it would be, at yes. that point, whether you've seen it a hundred times or you've never seen it, an experience. That's experience attending then, yeah. How many people went to the Back to the Future trilogy at the theater when they did that on October 21st, 2015, the day from part two? I know they showed at the theater here in town, which I didn't go to because I was hosting my own party at home. Correct. Which you yep. came to, which everyone dressed up and had a fun time. And I'd like to think there was good attendance for it, though. I, I would I'd think, like to think, yeah. I would think, yeah. So now you've got, uh, when they released episode three for Star Wars, there were some theaters that did all six. They did a they big did. push through where a little bit, 15 yep. minutes in between. I know people that were down in the Twin Cities that went to the entire day to watch the double trilogy. Wow. At some point, you get to the point with all the new ones coming out now that I don't think you can do that in a day. Yeah. I honestly don't exactly. think there'd be enough time in the day to watch all of that. It'd be hard. It'd yeah. be hard. It would be hard. It's but... already 12 plus hours, so. Yeah. I can't wait till we talk classics when we get to that point here with this podcast. That's well, fun. I'm feeling, I think uh, this would be a fun one. I think uh, I'm hearing some commotion at the door. You know what? I am starting to smell some commotion <laughs> at the door. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I have a baby too. That might just be me. Maybe. I think it might be Rick and Nick, though, so we better get out of here. Time to vamoose. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. This is Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks, and you never know, we might see you again. Absolutely. Have a good one.